Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. What's up? Hey man, it's been a minute. It has. Hey, I'm, I'm really glad we're doing this though. Because it's... We, we, we're getting <coughs> to see each other in the flesh tomorrow because it's your your graduation. So congratulations, Seth. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. It's been a uh, hectic couple of weeks with very little uh, time for video games or this podcast, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, made it made it out the other side. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm excited. Um, I I couldn't find a guest host at the last minute. Uh, we almost had Chris on, but then I started to not feel good last week, and so thank you for bearing with us for another week missed on the podcast. But we promise we're going to be more consistent uh, from here on out with all that good stuff. Yeah, and we're coming um, into the summer. A lot of, a lot yeah. of games going to be coming out. Should be fun. A lot of games coming out. Seeing Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, it's going to be a good life's going to be all right. Um. So, uh, Seth, I don't know about you, because I know you had finals and everything. That I did. I have played so many video games. Well, that's good because I have played two weeks. I've played very little. All right. So I hope while I'm talking, you gather some questions in your mind then about what I've played. Because uh, you don't even know what I've played. That's true. I so I, f- I actually finished two games within the last two weeks. And two both of those games were Katana Zero and Yoshi's Island. Nice. Or not Yoshi. Yoshi's Crafted World. Right, yeah. I just call every Yoshi's game Yoshi's Island, which isn't fair. I mean. Because none of them are as good as the original. Yeah. But they're all the same <laughs> uh, similar idea. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk about Katana Zero first, cause that was probably my favorite one. So this game, Seth was so good and I want you to play it so bad, but I also, it has a real issue with me of the, what do I call it? It's kind of like the same issue I had with Little Nightmares mm-hmm. where the game costed way too much for how long it was this game is maybe four to five hours long and it's 15 bucks which is actually not a a too bad of a price yeah but it's still like you definitely there is an ending two hours into the game that if you chose that ending and didn't say you didn't go back and re-choose the other option because there are options in this game um, you would just think that's the end of the game, mm-hmm. and then you would have, if you didn't look up on the internet or anything, you would have paid $15 for a two-hour game. Yeah, and not, which, re- not realize there was anything else to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this game is about, you are a ninja, and a, or a samurai, sort of. I can't remember the name of the the main character. But you basically are a assassin, and you get these case files from your therapist who also works for the same company you do, and they give you this drug that you eventually learn is called Kronos. And each situation is kind of like Celeste, where there's no health bar or anything. It's just you have one hit, 
and the enemies have one hit, mm-hmm. right? And so you get hit once, you die. They get hit once, they die. You can reflect back their bullets if you use your sword fast enough, which is a really cool mechanic. Um, you can slow down time, which is neat. And the one thing that made me fall in love with this game, despite its difficulty, because some of the parts are really hard, is that it has that same snappiness as Celeste, where when you die, you are back at the beginning of the level very quick. And so you just are are brute forcing almost. You know what I mean? And there's a satisfaction there, especially once you get in a good rhythm. And I, I actually have the opposite comment about something, another game I played. But this one really just lets you realize your mistake and get into it fast. And it's nice. Um, nice. I I love, <laughs> I know that I complained about the options um, in Telltale games. But this game does give you some dialogue options with a timer. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of interesting, and it also gives you the option. Whereas in Telltale games, they give you the option to be silent. This one actually gives you like a red box to be rude, mm. which is kind of interesting. Like you can cut people off with it. Yeah, and it's it's meant to be the the jerk option basically. And so <clears throat> it's it's pretty neat. There's a lot of awesome, funny character interactions in the game. And some weird metaphysical stuff because, like, I don't want to spoil it, but it's basically, like, if you were to take, like, Donnie Darko and mix it with, like, if you know what Donnie Darko is, like, any sort of weird time travel stuff. Yeah. And mix it with a samurai story and some hallucinogenic stuff. It's like Twin Peaksy, kind of, if you also know what that is. I know that I may be in one of the few people that ingests all kinds of media like that. But, but it's it's very good. A lot of cool themes. Definitely suplex certified. Um, the developer of the game has already said there's free episodes and DLC coming. Uh, or f- free episodes and free DLC, which I kind of assume there would be because there is a level at the very end of the game where you can go to this area and unlock rooms, kind of like in Celeste. Yeah. But you can't go in the doors yet. Like, you can unlock the doors, but you can't go in them yet. So I imagined that, you know, something was coming in the future. Yeah, although, you know, we thought that about uh, God of War. You know, yeah, but at least the developer said, (laughs) the developer tweeted out that it was happening. So I'm going to trust them. They said that's happening. So, um. I'm not going to talk about Yoshi yet because I want to keep the theme going of difficult games I'm playing. Um, And that I am playing Cuphead on my Switch. And this game at first was not as difficult as I thought it would be. Yeah, you were uh, were crowing pretty loud in in our group chat about how easy it was. I was because the first two islands were... They were difficult, but they were not, I don't think they were impassable. Like they, they definitely were just normal pattern memorization stuff. Like it, I don't know. I, I got through them pretty easily. 
Um, and it, it took me about a week to get through both of the first islands. Now I've spent about a week and a half on the <laughs> third island because the third island is where they like triple down on some of this stuff. And it's, it's really interesting. I've actually gone out of my way to go on like the Reddit and stuff to see what people consider to be the hardest bosses. And they're all on the third island. So it, it kind of is validating me a little bit. <laughs> like, okay, those were like warm-ups, you know what I mean, for the third island. Um, and as, as far as I can tell, the game just has one more island after this one. And that's kind of like a boss rush type thing. But I'm, I'm really, I really like the game a lot. I don't feel it's unfair. It's, hmm, I don't know how to put it. I, I want to know what it plays like on the Xbox because on the Switch, there's enough of a lag between when you die to when the stage reloads that it it's not as clean feeling as Celeste or like Katana Zero. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so there's a little bit less of a, you know, jumping right back at it type of feel. There's a couple of seconds and it it's kind of jarring on a level. Yeah. Now, C- Cuphead has like two different levels also. I don't know if you've seen gameplay or anything, Seth, or if you've played Cuphead before. I have not. I feel like this is, I feel like this is a game you would really like, by the way. Yeah, hmm. maybe. I mean... Uh, I think uh, it's something I'd like to play eventually. I've not played it, but I did watch that uh, speed run of it during uh, a AGDQ. Oh man, I would I would really love to watch a speed run of this. Oh, that was the other mode that Katana Zero Dev was saying he was going to add. Is they're adding a speed run mode for it, which would be really cool because I did start to try to finish things as fast as possible in that. Um, but Cuphead is it's now to the point where it's difficult for me and so I'll eat I'll, I'll eat crow or whatever the phrase is for that but the first two islands I will say were not that hard they actually were it was kind of just really enjoyable because I was able to memorize the patterns and figure out a couple bosses within the first couple tries and it felt good but I, I I see a lot of the issues that people had with this game if they went into it expecting a platformer, but it's just a boss rush mode, basically. Yeah. There's two platforming levels per island, and the first two islands have five bosses each, and the third one has seven. So it's it's just bosses, basically. And yeah. Um, I can't give that one anything yet because I haven't beat it, but I, I'm trying. There's, I, I'm, I have a cooldown game that I'm playing to relax myself when I get heated into this stuff. Mm -hmm. And for Katana Zero, my cooldown game was Yoshi's Crafted World. (laughs) And I beat, I beat Yoshi's Crafted World and that game was very cool and very easy but it was very fun and i it makes me so frustrated seth that this game doesn't 
I don't know how to put it, but it it basically introduces a new mechanic in each island, right? Mm-hmm. Like it it one of them like lets you use magnets to pull metal things across the map, and one of them has kind of like an Mario Odyssey, where it has different gravity because you're in space, and and stuff like that, and none of it builds upon itself, <laughs> and it's kind of infuriating. It's like you are introducing these cool mechanics in each island or each world, and you're not doing more than, like, say, two or three levels with it. And you're not building upon it in later levels. It's just yeah, like a plateau, plateau of creativity. And it's, you know, and, and frustratingly, I know we talk about video game music a lot on this podcast, but the music was really uninspired. Mm-hmm. It felt very phoned in. The only, The only space that I felt space the only place i felt the music was really cool was the space levels that are in the last second to last world before the boss uh very cool um boss battle with bowser jr he pulls out all the spots all the all the things with magikoopa and i i really do hope that some young you know creative YouTuber out there finds a way to make these levels because everything in them looked so buildable by people, (laughs) which was kind of one of the coolest things about the game is that everything looked buildable. None of it seemed out of any realm of crafter out there. And that was the most genius thing about it, in my opinion, just the amount of detail and attention that went into doing that. I just wish they would have put that also into the gameplay instead of just how the game looked, you know. So I I give that one a a suplex certification, hmm, um, really? a, a slight amount of hesitation, but I I do think it was really good and it especially the multiplayer would is fun and it's you know it's something that you can enjoy. The music wasn't great. But the the gameplay and, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I found it really relaxing. So that's something, maybe it's it's kind of through rose-colored glasses on that. Like, it, whenever I got too stressed out in another game, I went to that one. Hey, so, there's, a, there's value with that. Yeah. And the last one I'm playing, I posted about on Instagram. And I feel no shame. But I am now playing through three different Final Fantasy games on and like, off at the same time. Seems like too much. <laughs> it does. But I, I almost, to be fair, Seth, I almost picked up Final Fantasy twelve the other day, so I would have been playing through four. Oh, Lord. But, but I held myself back. <laughs> but I am now playing through Final Fantasy seven, ten, and ten two. Good grief. You didn't even wait to finish 10 before you started 10 too? <laughs> no, because I love the dress sphere system and oh I don't want to keep it away from myself. <laughs> I love I love that 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 system in 10 too. It's one of the best in my opinion. I have no shame in feeling that way at all. Well, I am really excited. 
I'm really excited to give Final Fantasy XII a try. According to Jason Schreier on Kotaku, this is the best version of it that's been released because it has the quality of life upgrades that even the PS4 re-release doesn't have. Mm-hmm. So um, he actually has a very humorous list if you want to go on Kotaku and read of all of the bad things in the ports for Final Fantasy that yeah. are, are out now. Yeah. Though the 12 port seems to be good, uh, the rest kind of... Uh, it doesn't seem like Square Enix puts a whole lot of effort into into creating a good product with these uh, remasters and re-releases. No, they really re- they really rely on nostalgia. Um, the the ten port for Switch doesn't have the fast forward that I think the one on PS4 does, mm-hmm. um, which is odd because the twelve port has fast forward and the one on PS4 doesn't. The twelve on Switch. Um, eight is still locked in a vault somewhere, maybe deleted off of hard drives. Who knows? There's so many good conspiracy theories about what's up with Final Fantasy VIII that are more entertaining than the game itself. Oh, hold so. on a minute. <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII is great. That's why it rhymes. Uh, um, Final Fantasy IX is just a glorified mobile port, which is kind of sad. Yeah. And seven, apparently, I haven't run into it because I'm playing on the Switch with the volume off because I already know what the music sounds like. I played that game so much that um, the, the world music just restarts when you're out of a battle, um, which is kind of rough, but there's apparently all kinds of stuff like that out there, which, you know, I, I, I'm playing through three at once, so I don't have time to notice little things like that sometimes, but other than that, I'm playing Picross S3 because Jupiter realizes uh, there's people like me that are going to keep buying Picross as yep. long as they keep releasing it. Can't stay away from and, it. And I can't. <laughs> so they introduced Color Picross, and I have not played that mode yet. Um, but I will tomorrow on the way up to Orlando, probably. So that's all that I've played, Seth. I've played a ton of games. That's all. I, all all I was, those games, uh, that's it. <laughs> Those, I was uh, able to talk seven, about it for like seven games. That's all you've been playing. <laughs> I, was, I was able to talk about it for sixteen minutes. I, I really, it's been kind of nice. I really forced myself to buckle down because uh, I bought Katana Zero and Cuphead on the same day. Yeah, and so I promised myself I'm beating one of these games within the next couple days, and I did. I beat Katana Zero within like two days. Cool, cool. And, I'm kind of bummed about that, though, because I really loved it. Like, that game, the music was so cool because it's all very Neo, fast beat type stuff. I remember what it was like to beat a game. It's been so (laughs) long. You'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. (laughs) Um, So so we we ended my conversation uh, about about Final Fantasy and, and kind of Square Enix that I want to, you know, seamlessly transition over to the news with Square Enix taking Sony's old spot at E3. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know if it's big news or not, but it's certainly, it's certainly not nothing. It's, it's a prime spot. Yeah. That and people I mean, are already used to. Yeah. Because Square Enix was going to have a presence no matter what. Um, and now they have a, a more... 
visible slot with which to peddle their wares. Uh, what wares those might be, who knows. And it's also still dumb that Sony is not going to be there. Yes. So, so let me ask you, Seth, what do you think they could be peddling if they're going out of their way to have this spot? Well, I think the first thing you have to hit on is the Final Fantasy VII Remake. There's got to be something... Um, Something with weight, something kind of substantive to show if they are. Because I, I don't know that they can get front and center like this and say, oh, we don't have anything. I think there's got to be something um, this year. So I, okay, this year. All right. I just mean at this E3. Yeah. I wasn't going that route. I'm thinking, and this might be bold but whole new Final Fantasy. Mm. Maybe maybe a Final Fantasy 16. I don't know. I mean... They, they are... They're I've, just coming off of the debacle of the end of 15. And they have... They got freaking 7 Remake in the pipeline. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know if there's room for, for one. Although, so if the, there was a another... Final Fantasy property that was showed off. Now there could be there could be lots because there are many of uh, many kind of tertiary games that use Final Fantasy. But this is one that actually was previously discussed. Um is a Final right. Fantasy Type 1. Ooh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, the the guy the director who made Type 0 said that he had ideas for a Type 1 if they ever got to make it. So if there was another Final Fantasy property, I could see that being it. Yeah, I would really like to play one that's made for consoles. The the one that they re-released just really felt like... Because it was a mobile game initially, right? What was? Type Zero. Oh. Or was it the handheld PSP game? I don't... I can't Yes, remember. that's what it was. I think it was a Vita game, actually. Yeah, and it... I mean, I played the remaster, and it felt like one. Yeah. And so, I mean, if they were to make a Type 1 and make it better, because I, I liked the world that Type 0 was set in, but I didn't like the gameplay, in my opinion. Yeah. I tried real hard, though. I really I forced myself to play through a decent chunk of that game, and I just couldn't do it. But um, the other thing I was thinking is maybe they'll tease either a continuation of Tomb Raider or a new Tomb Raider series, like uh, another fresh take. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because... I mean, we got to think out of the box a little bit. Yeah. Shadow of the Tomb Raider was supposed to be the end of that trilogy. And I mean, that doesn't mean it's going to be the end of the property. But um, I think they also just like recently released the last piece of DLC for that. So I, I doubt that... They would do now. They could do one of those kind of more puzzly type Tomb Raider games that they've made, um, but I don't. That that's not like what you go up for like a, a headlining spot for. Like that could be yeah. in there, and no one would be surprised. But it also wouldn't knock anyone's socks off. Um, oh, I just. Oh, well. There now there is recently some news that would point to something that will probably be there. Um, Tetsuya Nomura, the infamous director of King Hearts, he he uh was he announced that 
the upcoming DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3 called Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, which has, uh, like, extra scenarios and, and bosses and episodes. Um, so, that seems like something that would be a natural fit for uh, whatever Square is going to do. It it would, especially, I don't know if you read the NPD report, <laughs> but, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 is not only the best-selling game in the franchise, but also... I'm pretty sure the best-selling game of 2019 so far. Yeah, it's been it's done it's done a lot. Which previously the best-selling game in the franchise was Kingdom Hearts 1. Kingdom Hearts 2 didn't even beat the first one. Yeah, which is kind of shocking, but And I'm I'm sure they'll have some like day. um I'm sure they'll have they got to have some to surprise us, but the the only other thing I can think is that uh the Avengers game that they're working on. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't even. I don't know why. It's probably because my mind is for Marvel wise is so Marvel Ultimate Alliance set. Yeah, but yeah, that would be a good, a good tie-in, especially since you know Endgame just happened. Yeah. So now the other thing, fingers crossed, would be for uh, World Ends with You. Oh uh, yeah, I would love that. That would be amazing. Man. No, that wouldn't be a that wouldn't be like a headliner for a lot of people, but if that was if that was like the big game they showed, I would be perfectly fine with it. Yeah, for sure. So with that, let's also get to something you are passionate about, Seth. There oh, was yes. a good chunk of persona news oh, yeah. in the past two weeks. I have been waiting to talk about this. I'm so excited. <laughs> so I, the, uh, I, yeah. I'm honestly excited too. Yeah. Um oh and I and I did get the Persona 5 back. So next when I see you tomorrow I'll have to have to hand that off to you. Good cuz there's no Best Buys within 50 miles of here that have Really? So. That's crazy. Um yeah. So last week was uh I'm trying to find the actual name of it. Um Atlas put on their big Persona 5 uh 2-day concert event. Um which was it seemed pretty cool. And had some live performances of, of of songs from the game and from the new games, which I will get to. Um, but so during the concert, uh, in each of the two days, they had a trailer, a, a brand new trailer showing uh, new stuff. The first day was the uh, a, a trailer for Persona Five: The Royal, which we knew, which we learned about a while back, um, and we were promised more information. And um, I gotta say, it looks, it, it's hard to, it's not hard, but it's, it's, it's it's hard to get excited for, like, a remaster of a game you just played, um, but it basically looks like they've rebuilt the entire game. Like, they, first of all, they showed off, there's new characters, there's a new, uh, a new member of the Phantom Thieves, there's new, uh, NPCs. Um, that you can build relationships with. There's new locations you can go to um, in the overworld. There looks to be like a new, um, like reworked old locations, uh, and even like all of the old stuff they showed, like with with in in scenarios in stuff that you're familiar with. It all looked different. Um, like the the UI has been changed. Um, I don't know. It like it looks like it's the same game certainly, uh, but it looks 
like a totally new game. And there's there's a whole new semester. So the the game the story takes place during uh two semesters of of high school uh and then it ends. And this one is adding a whole a, a third semester which I I can't even begin to comprehend how that will affect the storyline. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens, but that's also like 50% more game from like yeah, that's, I was 120 say it's like 40 hour game. More hours. And like <laughs> I, 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 I don't even have words for it. I'm just so excited for it. Oh, it's gonna be so great. Oh man, it it makes me wonder if I should wait to play this one. But there's it's coming in like 2020. Yeah, so so I don't want to. It's wait. coming October 31st in. Uh, the in 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 Japan and 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 that area, which is annoying, because we have to wait till sometime in 2020. We don't even have a date, um, but yeah, it, it's it'll be a bit of a wait for it, um, and it's also gonna have the PS4 Pro support, which is cool, um, presumably also that will work on the PlayStation 5 if whenever that comes out. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they came out around the same time in the West. Yeah, so that was that was very exciting for me when I saw that, uh, especially the new music. Oh, I love it. Um, but then, then the next day, um, concert again happened. Apparently, it was the exact same set list on the second day of the concert, which is weird. Um, but they they played another video for another game, and this was the much uh, much. Uh, waited for news of uh persona 5s whatever it is we didn't know we just had a domain name and like a countdown and a date to when they were going to show us what it was and a lot of people speculated it was going to be a version of persona 5 for the switch which would have been great however they uh what they instead gave us no one saw coming it is uh, persona 5 scramble the phantom strikers and what it is is a Persona Five Dynasty Warriors game. Yeah. Uh, and it looks <laughs> bananas uh, and amazing, and like it. It there's a little bit of me that was kind of sad that it's not a Persona Five game. Like it's not Persona Five for Switch. Um, but. It all that was almost immediately overwhelmed by how excited I was for this game. Uh, yeah, you guys will remember. It looks so cool. Yeah, it looks cool. Um, you guys remember how much I gush about Hyrule Warriors on this ga- on this podcast. Uh, I love these these Musou games. Um, even Fire Emblem Warriors, which kind of sucked, I enjoyed a little bit. Um, and, but I'm I'm really excited to see how they like take some of the mechanics from the Persona games and put them in there. Uh, and and the of course the characters they choose and the and the new characters and the music and it's all just going to be amazing and I'm so excited. There was yeah. no date, but they said it was coming for PS4 and uh, Nintendo Switch. So yeah, though it's not Persona the, Five on Switch, it is Persona Five on Switch. The announcement of this is what really pushed me to decide to just play the game on PS4. <laughs> Not because I was mad that it's not a Switch version, but because of how much uh, I love Dynasty Warriors games, yeah. and I want to understand what's going on, and so I'm so blindly excited. 
to play this and uh, start Persona 5 and and technically oh, yeah. start a fourth JRPG <laughs> in the middle of the other three I'm playing. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> um, it's great and kind of frustrating because I can't play them when I'm watching uh, My Hero Academia because I watch subbed, not dubbed. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm very excited for the, both of these games and I absolutely cannot wait for them to come out even though I have to wait probably a long time um, but yeah. it'll be worth it because these games will be amazing and I already know that Persona 5 Royal is going to be my goatee uh, of 2020 <laughs> really? calling it All right. right now um, so let's let's keep rolling with the news because we have we have some conversation stuff coming up in it um, Super Mario Maker has a release date of June 28th. Uh, they announced that kind of just on Twitter. <laughs> so that was nice of them. Um, so that'll be fun. It's apparently the website right now, uh, goes to a 403, which means it's under construction. So there might be an info dump for that game coming up here in the next day or two. And Yeah. I'm excited for it. Uh, I didn't play the first one because I didn't have a Wii U at the time. And I didn't have a 3DS by the time the one came out for 3DS. Yeah. So I think I saw that in Japan um, was announced like uh, a stylus, for, like, an, like an official branded stylus for Switch to use for the game. Yeah, Japan and Europe. So hopefully the U.S. gets that one also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they the trailer for the launch date did have like different color pipes and stuff, which is something that people wanted when they, I guess, in Super Mario Maker one, uh, and so it had some of the stuff that people were waiting to be announced and was actually kind of conveyed in that trailer. So that's good. They're they're listening, and uh, it it looks real. Real fun, and I'm a sucker for little big planet type stuff where I can play through other people's levels and experience that stuff. So, the Agreed. since we're talking about the Switch, what? Agreed. Uh, since we're talking about the Switch, uh, Red Faction Guerrilla, which is an old game, uh, but remastered, uh, is got announced that it's coming to Switch in July. Which, if you haven't played this game, I cannot stress to you enough. Um, it is so stupid satisfying to play this game. <laughs> uh, if you like games with uh, like the break-apart physics and everything, this game basically turn is you're a man on Mars, and you have a hammer and guns and explosives, and you can just destroy everything with your hammer, and like you can knock out pillars on buildings and watch it crumble yeah it's it's very physics fun yeah that was basically the whole Um, the whole point of the game was to create something that the whole world was fully destructible and then they kind of put a game on top of it yeah very very early ideas for like um essentially what just cause turned into yeah basically so except this is on mars instead of in a jungle paradise so yeah it's fun and it's coming to july i'll definitely pick it up just because it'll be a good cool down game and i can just run around and hit stuff with a hammer with 
outplaying the story. Yep. Uh, we hinted at the Kingdom Hearts 3 stuff earlier, but also Critical Mode was released. I don't think you've had an opportunity to play that yet, have you? Seen? I have not, uh, and I think it'll be yeah, it'll be a minute before I actually get dive back into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I know that our buddies at the Ansem Report have started to uh, get their feet wet with it, so... If you want to know more about it, give them a listen. Um, and eventually we'll have him back on the show because um, he expressed interest in coming on and talking about some Final Fantasy stuff, maybe. So, and especially since I'm playing three of them right now. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to talk about this trailer that came out the other day. So. Yeah. I know that it's caused a lot of division on the internet. Not even division. A lot of hate. And it's the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. Yeah. It was a movie Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) Yes. The trailer of the name of the movie is the trailer for the movie. Yeah. It was a. Look, I just got to get this out. I kind of liked it. Okay. Oh, oh my God. I'm so excited for this then because (laughs) I thought I was alone and I. It it has a certain level of self awareness that I'm kind of on board with it. Yep. If it actually keeps it up through the movie. Yeah. Jim Carrey looks like he's going to be amazing in it. Um and, you know, for as bizarre looking as Sonic looks in the in the movie, um I don't know, it you know, it's, it's still Ben Schwartz and it'll probably be perfect for it. Yeah, I so the first time I watched it, I really was not digging it. Mm-hmm. But then I watched it like I don't know why, but I watched it like two more times because I was like, I need to like get a better feel for this. I'm I'm judging it based on what I've seen on the internet, and I I don't know what it is about the whole. God, the line is so stupid, but I love it. The fact that Sonic. Goes out of his way to say, oh, look, I got like 90 million steps in today. I just think that's stupid, yeah. self-aware genius. And uh, Robotnik calls uh, one of the dudes basic. Yeah, that's, I'm I'm all here for that level. And there's humor. like a line in the trailer that is legitimately, every hero has a genesis, which is maybe <sighs> yes. the, the best, worst thing you could ever do for something like this. It's so bad, is, but it's also kind of great. This is going to be, hopefully, on the level of the Mortal Kombat movie and Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm ready to put this on my shelf of things I watch when I really need to be put in a good mood. And, yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I, on the other hand, Sonic has human teeth, and it's kind of terrifying to look at. It's very weird, and his eyes and mouth are not quite proportionate to the rest of his body. It's weird. Yeah. Um, and he lives in a trash hole. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That as which actually it, works with the character Bible of yes, Sonic. That is part of his canon. <laughs> uh, his canon origin. Um. And you know he might be in the Midwest. No, no, also they're in San the, Francisco. 
we're kind of glossing over the weirdest thing in the trailer, which was that it was set to Gangster's Paradise. Yeah. I don't know if that's weirder than Sonic being able to use... No, he's used his ring as teleporters to the secret levels. Never mind. Like, when he used those rings to teleport people. I was like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. But... No one really knows what the rings are, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, Gangster's Paradise. Um... I feel like we have been warned about that on the internet ahead of time. Like uh, people that had first impressions said that, but I did not believe that it was going to happen. And then the trailer started and I was like, all right, this is, this is how it's going to go. Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) Um, I will say some actual genuine highlights besides the campy stuff is I really, Love that when Sonic jumped off of the truck and went straight into the ball and like demolished the truck. Mm-hmm. That was really there's some cool stuff yeah. that they did in the trailer. Certainly. That I feel like this movie has potential. It could also be very bad. But I I'm going in positive because it seems very self-aware. Especially with the weird <laughs> We had a post credit scene in a trailer, I feel like. Like, as the trailer is ending, there's some blips that start to happen. And then it shows Jim Carrey as, like, full robotic. Yeah. Which... With the with the, the big old <laughs> pointy mustache and, like, the round head and everything. Because lo- for most of the trailer, he looks like a normal dude. Like a weirdo, but a normal guy. And then right. at the end, he looks like Eggman. How how long has it been since we've had full bore Jim Carrey? I don't know. It's been this feels quite like a bit. it's this feels like the first instance of full bore Jim Carrey. In I a mean, while. his Twitter account is kind of is pretty un, unhinged, so that's that's yeah. probably the closest. But on screen, I'm not sure. But he does look he, he looks to be uh he does look like he is tapping in in that uh kind of the mask uh slash Ace Ventura kind of insanity. Yeah, which uh, I'm all about. Give me that. Um, and since we're talking about self-aware and good humor, let's talk about the big thing that happened today. Mm. Gearbox gave us a break and <laughs> did something on the day that we recorded. Yeah. And they did their big gameplay reveal today. Yep. For Borderlands 3. Gave us a good, good hour of very substantial stuff. And, man, it looks, it yeah. looks exciting. Man, I I remember I started to lose my mind in the chat when they talked about alternate fire modes, which I know seems very small, but it's very exciting to me. Yeah. To think of all the cool different things they're going to have. Um, what was the other thing I yeah. got? I mean, before before about? they before they oh, go even ahead. got into the guns, though, like it was just the world that we saw, and it's like Borderlands has a style. Um, and honestly, playing the old games is kind of hard to imagine what that looks like in like super defined HD. But man, it looks so good. Yeah, like they it's, they it's figured like out a way to increase the amount of detail and keep that kind of uh, the the Borderland aesthetic, and it. It it looks fantastic. And then the guns. Oh my gosh. The guns look so much more fun than they have 
Like the guns in the in the old games are fun to use, but these look so much more fun. Oh yeah. Just like the different then, way all of them shoot and the different firing modes and and all the other crazy stuff they can do. So, I want to sp- point some that this is what I point out in the chat. How much I love the mini map in this game. And it's I've only seen it in the demo, but still there's something about so when you play Diablo, which Seth doesn't, um when you explore an area, the mini map fills out as you explore it. So it lets you know where you've been and where you haven't been. And the mini-map, as you explore Borderlands 3, which it didn't do this in the other ones, the areas that you've been highlight blue, and the areas you haven't been stay gray. Which is genius, because then you can realize, oh, I've been there, I don't have to go there again. (laughs) Or, oh, I need to go explore that area because I haven't been there yet. It's easy to know where to go yeah and very useful stuff like that is big mm-hmm. to me i don't know about you yeah i mean that's that, especially when like you're you're looking all over the all the different corners of the map for loot it's it's important to be able to know where you where you've gone and have not gone right um the alternate firing modes for guns is legit the they really added some it's hard to say Destiny-esque, but they added more types of mobility. Mm-hmm. Like you can slide and stuff. Yeah, you can slide. Um, you can Mantle. You can clamber up walls and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, this is kind of par for the course in modern shooters. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't around back when Borderlands um, 2 was out. And, and so, yeah, it makes sense that this stuff is out. Yeah, And, and movement altogether looks to be a lot quicker. Uh and I honestly, I honest, like I know you say it's from Destiny. I think they took more cues from like Bulletstorm, um, because there's okay, there's yeah, multiple no, instances it. in the trailer of uh, of the player like kicking barrels at people and and blasting the environment yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to to do damage. Uh, so I think that's probably like yeah, it's it's in a, bu- a bunch of games, but I think that there that uh. It came from it. It feels like it came from Bulletstorm. Yeah. Okay. No, I I agree with you. I somehow, even though I played that game in its entirety, always forget about Bulletstorm. It was a fun yeah. game, but I I just always forget about it. So, let's see. Was was there anything else really that stood out to you? Because there, I have a couple. Of yeah. I mean, we got to. We got to see the action skills in action, the which is the key feature yeah. of of the characters, and um, it's 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 definitely evolved from from the original game where you had the one skill and and these these things that you know they it basically modifies how how your skill works, but it essentially stays the same. In Borderlands Two, uh, you got more of these um, y- y- more ability more augmentations to your to your skill to kind of form how you wanted your character to play and but there are also skills that change the way uh your action skill worked and in this one they've gone balls to the wall and every character has three different action skills with like it seems like a billion different ways to customize each of them um and unfortunately they only showed us from they only showed us two of the characters and neither of them were my my beastmaster um so that that kind of bummed me out because I have to wait longer to see what he does. But the other two, the, yeah, and they the, weren't Moe's with yeah, 
the two they showed they look really cool um it, it definitely made me more interested in playing those characters uh yeah but it it's really cool um and that's that is sort of destiny like though uh, i think that is probably a cue they did take from destiny where um to to allow your character to fill different roles depending on what your team is oh yeah and they he even said which i thought was great that you could play with multiple of the same character and they could be built out completely different yeah um and and amara so amara has um basically every she has lilith's lilith either lilith's powers from the first one or i forget maya's power from the second one or she has face slam so those are her three and then i could there was so much going on with the other guys but he has like four of them and he can equip two of them at once yeah that's pretty cool which is really cool i'm excited um, to one see one of them is i'm the, excited just to like once to like get into those skill trees and see how they can change and stuff yeah yeah. because honestly that was the most fun like first playthroughs of borderlands 2 are great but it's not until you get into like the second and third where you have these these really developed skill trees uh, and and these crazy augmentations on your action skill um, that 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 that's what makes the game a lot more fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, they they showed off the I mean all the enemies there in it. There's female psychos now, um, which was kind of neat. There's. Um, multiple planets they showed that your like hub is going to be called sanctuary three and it's gonna be this huge spaceship yeah. uh which looks really cool yeah it can travel to, to different planets we got to see they showed us pandora and we got to see a little bit of promethea which is the kind of uh cyber futuristic like super city that we saw in the trailers and you know there's supposed to be a bunch of them and it seems like the game is going to be massive which is cool oh yeah They've been working on this thing for five years, he said. So, I mean, I can only imagine. I'm I'm so excited. And it seems like there's a lot of cool, like, comedy and character interaction that happens when you're on the yeah. ship. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, there's a really good, like, funny joke where you pass a tube that has coolant on it and one that says heat yeah. it. Which I thought that was so <laughs> stupid and funny. Yeah, it is but, stupid, but it is funny. <laughs> um. So one thing I love because I always uh, give Seth crap about it is that this game has multiple ways to play co-op mm-hmm. um, along with level scaling, the classic mode, and the new one that lets you play with loot instances. Yeah. So which... I can't I can't ninja gu- guns from you anymore when we play. Yeah, that's great because. I was explaining to people at work today. They're like, well, why don't you just talk about it? And I'm like, well, he does talk to me about some of the guns. <laughs> but then other times he'll just start using an awesome one. And I'm like, where'd you get that? <laughs> and he's like, I just took uh, it. Yeah. But, I mean, look, you take the guns. That's what they're there for. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh. I it, it It is nice, though, because I found, and especially in our Borderlands 1 playthrough, both of us don't get the boss guns. Yeah. Only one person does. And so I would really like to get those. And I it's not necessarily that it needs to be a fight, but you know, it's it's kind of a game experience. Like the boss they showed off looked insane 
and so cool looking. Yeah. And his gun shot sound waves, which were so yeah. weird. And um, yeah, I'm excited about that. I, I honestly, part of me doesn't want to play with the loot instancing on because I still think yes. that arguing yeah. with you. Is yeah, there fun. is some, there is value and, in the in the fighting over guns. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I just, it looks really good. I, I don't know how much more I can say that, uh, Randy Pitchford went out of his way to say that they're going to be at all these cons leading up to the game's release. Mm-hmm. They're going to be at Gamescom. They're going to be at E3. They're going to be at this, uh, I was actually going to talk to you about Seth cause they're gonna be at this con in Orlando yeah. in July. And I have that weekend all the way off. Ooh. So um, I, we could go up there for that. I don't know how much tickets are, but, um, but if they're going to be there, they had the game available for people to play. Yeah, People got to play it for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And they, that it's so bold of them. So I don't know how much uh, Chris could easily attest to this, but they said like straight up, they just drop you in the game and let you yeah. play which is amazing. And I wonder how true that was because Chris played games at E3 and like people were there telling you what to do and where not to go and stuff. Yeah. Just in case you like didn't break the build. And so they've, they're really proud and, you know, confident in this product. And so that's yeah. really cool. To yeah. Me. That's one thing I'm excited. as much as, as much flack as, as Randy Pitchford gets for, um, Going up there and, and doing his thing, uh, I think it's really cool to that you can tell how excited of the game and how proud of it he is and how much he wants people to play it. He was he was jumping at one point, like it was it was really cool. Like he was kind of like giddy. Um, he kind of acts like a dingus on the internet sometimes, but we all do. Um, he got really mad. I guess Game Informer decided to call him out on some microtransaction stuff today. Um, Cause I guess he, when he said no microtransactions, he neglected to bring up uh, some like cosmetics that will be, um, which I, I mean, I don't hold that against him really. It's fine. Yeah. But he's a, you know, people are human and he honestly is really excited and they, what, so even though he's like the head of this, I thought the coolest thing about that presentation, and it's something that almost no developer does, he brought out the whole team mm-hmm. in front of the the cameras and everything. And so the whole Borderlands 3 team came out, which was really cool. And they got to experience the crowd appreciating their work. Yeah. So I, I know what the worst part of the presentation was. Ooh, what was that? That was when uh, they had two demonstrators on stage playing and doing their fake team speak, which was it was <laughs> absolutely terrible. And I continue to wonder why uh, why companies do this when no one ever actually talks like this unless they're like professional gamers. So the reason companies do this is they think we respect it. I don't know why, but. I don't know. So, like, TeamSpeak happens naturally for each each group of people. Like, me and you have our ways that we communicate during games. Yes. But it sounds nothing right. like what it these people say. It never sounds the way they portray it. <laughs> um, 
Like, especially when we're like trying to communicate effectively during Destiny when we were doing some of the yeah. complicated stuff. There's and but one of the things that these presentations miss out on is there's far too little screaming at each other and the other person not understanding anything that's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. There's you know, there's everyone's on the same level in these presentations, and that's never oh, the yeah. case. There's always someone like yeah, we're always yelling or. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know. That was that was a choice. Um I didn't quite understand why they had uh had them mic'd up, but you know, I I don't know. I I'm not them. But I I'm really excited and I'm really glad we got to do this episode, Seth, especially on the day of the big Borderlands gameplay reveal. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, a very exciting game and I'm very excited to play it along with all of Same. the million other games that I'm excited to play that are coming out this summer. Oh man, yeah. We there's definitely we're gearing up here. <laughs> it's coming. Um so did you have any other news besides that? Uh no, not really. What we talked about? No. Nope. All right. Um, well, with that, we appreciate you listening as always. And if you want to follow us on any of our social media at Suplex the Sticks, you can do so. And uh, ask us questions, whatever you want to do, we're there. Um, I mean, we have a pretty good response rate. Um, thank you to David Simmons, who um, gave to our GoFundMe and got his stickers in the mail the other day. So congrats to you, man. Uh, hopefully you use them wisely and take pictures to show everyone what you did. Um, and yeah, um, I'll be at Megacon later this month handing out stickers. So look out for me. I'll be there um, doing my thing and letting people know about the pod. So it'd be cool to see you if you are there on Saturday. But other than that, we will uh, see you next week. Right, Seth? Sounds good to me. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.